Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 87 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lowell, Todd Widener, Peter Jones, and our friends from Zero Doinks, Bill and Dan Doinks. It must be like same father, different mother type deal. Like, what's the deal with that? My two Italian friends. Yes. It's good to see you. How are you? We are fantastic. Yes, we are both. We're both birthed by uh, Cody Parkey, really, in reality. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? That's, of course, actually not too far off. I'm clearly a, a giant <laughs> Eastern European who is an ex bodybuilder, and Bill is a uh, pudgy midget. <laughs> little person sorry little Bill's person. Danny DeVito or whoever yeah of course I mean just the, I know you can't if you're listening to this you can't see him but he is very much like Danny DeVito in looks and in smell Bill has now turned his microphone off <laughs> he's still cussing you out already I'm gonna turn my camera off in a second too <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things before we get started uh, thanks for Ron, to Rhonda for, at RNM Management thanks to Dwight at ddgcustom.com and thanks to Dan at Bob Anderson Builders for sponsoring us. Episode 87, Peter, you're the historian. From a Packers perspective, when you see 87, that's the guy that immediately come immediately comes to mind. Willie Davis, Hall of Famer with the Packers from 60 to 69, won five championships with the Packers in that period. Key member of that Lombardi team, a member of the 1960s all-decade team. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Holds the Packers' unofficial record for sacks. It's the official numbers only started in '82, but there's 99 sacks, and held the record for sacks in a Super Bowl. He had three sacks in Super Bowl II, which of course was then equaled by some guy called Reggie White in Super Bowl 31. I don't know what, what became of him, but that's it. That was the number that came, that's the guy that comes to mind when we think of '87 for the Packers. There was another one that came to my mind, which is more of kind of our era, probably. And that's Walter Stanley from the mid to late 80s. And I think most of us as Packers fans remember him from a Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit when he returned a punt for a touchdown in, in the last minute of the game to win that game 44-38. And we remember it because the Packers didn't win many games in that period. So every game the Packers won, we remember. And that's our 87, which I thought was going to be Emery Moorhead as we got the uh, Bears guys on with us this week. Yeah, you want to go with Tom Tom Waddle? Tom Waddle, he's he's the perfect 87 for a Bears fan because he played a bunch of insignificant games in the late 80s and early 90s, and now he's a local (laughs) celebrity for some reason. I think he's best known as we just, just cross the middle and get absolutely just blown up. He probably had a thousand concussions in his career. And actually, I think the intro on his ESPN show is John Madden basically shitting all over him about how slow he is and how much he gets <laughs> destroyed in the middle. 
So he's just leaning into it and he's, oh, I forgot yeah, about this. Gotcha. Swearing. I got you covered. Sorry, I got or, you covered. Or I got you. We're going to run that tab up today. Let's do it. Tom is, he's, yeah, he's, I would say, more of a celebrity as a as an ESPN radio personality at this point than an ex NFL player. But we love him because as Bill said, he played in a lot of insignificant <laughs> games that is uh, pretty much our lives. So there yeah, you have it. Feels very familiar. And that kind of hurt Peter when you were talking about the guy in the eighties that you remember all of his wins because they're very minimal. That felt very personal. To both <laughs> it did, Dan and I. It did. He stared. You stared right into our souls with that <laughs> comment there. Peter's the one that comes up with the I was very thinking, intelligent. I was thinking, I mean, before the show, so you guys were talking about Monk and watching the very first episode and the very last episode, and you didn't need to watch the ones in between. I wondered whether that's what it was like watching the Bears. You know, you could watch the first game with a season and the last game of the season didn't need to watch the others in between because you knew what happened it's, it's so, so true there's <laughs> dan 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 did skip one game because he had a family conflict and i told him just don't watch don't even bother dan you know exactly what happened we'll it's describe no yeah we'll describe it to you well i would say it's different because our hope is sky high at during week one and then it's then we're all dead by week 17 or 18 whatever we're calling it now but you know what it's it's all in good fun can you imagine what it would have been like doing podcasts in the mid eighties and how the roles would have been reversed? I've actually had to talk about the bears on our podcast. <laughs> I'm yes, sorry I'm guys for here. Dale's passing. Sorry. Rest in peace, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> just continue without me. I don't even know where my swear jar is. Today, Todd. You're going to have to take care of me too. I got it. I got it. I just assumed that I just assumed that was your comment on the first five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> That's my <laughs> That's every podcast. It's always bullshit. So, yeah. Okay. Just keep throwing quarters in a jar, Todd, for me, because I don't have any near me. So let's talk about non-packer, non-bear stuff first, if you can still hear me. I'm going to skip the Deshaun Watson thing, unless you guys want to talk about Deshaun Watson. Any thoughts on him? Pretty handsy guy, from what we understand. That's about it. I mean, from a Bears perspective, I mean, Bill, you and I, we wanted Deshaun on the Bears and we wanted the Bears to draft him and we dodged a bullet I guess I mean big time maybe (laughs) the whole Watson thing I'm I'm actually kind of sick of it to be honest like sick of them talking about just suspend his ass already and get him out of our face he's a he's a scumbag I would imagine the the entire season right he he would have to be that's the rumor today right that's what I was seeing before I jumped on is right he's out for the year Baker Mayfield saying Come crawling yeah. back to me, Browns. Like, hey, what a just roll what a move, Brown. Or, yeah. yeah, right, right. Fair enough. Let's just leave it there. I think this is my favorite thing of the week. Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson are going to quote unquote because you can't see me. A professional boxing match between Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson. What's the line on Adrian Peterson? He's got to be the favorite, right? Oh, he's yeah. already he's already whipped a bunch of his kids' ass, you know the front runner. Anyone? <laughs> That's true. He's definitely got some experience. So this is weird that they're still doing like celebrity boxing stuff, isn't it? I'm just happy it's not one of the Paul brothers. I don't know which one's which, but it's is this a part of like an actual undercard? Is that even what we? I'm not a big fight guy either. Is it like a part of an actual real boxing match, or it's just some shit they throw on? Uh, 
YouTube. I have no idea. I'm I'm completely clueless. I'll admit it. I think is it's he the- fighting children? Is Adrian Peterson <laughs> also fighting children? <laughs> Maybe that's the undercard to his fight with Le'Veon Bell. This is going so sideways. Maybe his children are are grown now, and they're I don't know. They're gonna fight back. Oh, yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. Get the revenge. That's I would I would watch that. I think that would be great. But Bill, you would you would watch Adrian Peterson just punching children. No, 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 no. You're saying no. His oh, kids, okay. his adult kids getting oh, the revenge on him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. That'd be, that'd I was just saying fun. there should be a uh, prison jar for Bill if he wants to see Adrian Peterson <laughs> punching minors in the face. I just dropped a quarter dollar in it. Good Half thing you dollar. clarified that. Let's get some bear guide thoughts on the wide receiver room in Green Bay. And then the wide receiver room in Chicago, because there are debates that both of them are equally bad. Bill, what do you think? Either side or both? It's a great, yeah. No, it's a great question, Dale. I've seen a lot of chirpy Bears fans on Twitter laughing at the Green Bay wide receiver room, and I am not partaking in that because Aaron Rodgers can make those guys look really good really fast. I'm not an idiot. I've watched Bears and the Packers for 42 years of my life, so I'm not getting involved. So I don't know. I mean, Watson, obviously, Green Bay traded up for him, right, it, which made sense. They had to had to get a potential new number one to take, take over for Adams, I guess. Uh, that other rookie I don't know much about, Watkins, that's somebody that Dan Doinks uh, got a little nervous about when, when Green Bay signed Watkins, right, Dan? Sammy, we're talking about Sammy Watkins, correct? He's the guy, he's the guy who I can't quit on my fantasy team every year. And I feel like he's going to be absolutely amazing. And then he's either hurt or dropping passes by about week three and he's irrelevant for a while. How will that be? I mean, how old is he now? He's not as old as Velas Jones Jr., the Bears rookie, but he's, um, I mean, he's up there in age. I think, I mean, I I think all Bears fans were nervous that the Packers were going to grab at least one of the top receivers in the first round. So, it gave us a little bit of uh, we could relax a little bit knowing that they sort of waited until the second round. But that Watson dude seems legit. And like Bill said, Aaron Rodgers can make anyone look awesome. I don't know. I don't even know who this is. It Dobbs? Lou Dobbs? Is it Lou Dobbs? The big fat? <laughs> yes. Uh, fat Journalist. Guy Fox News. Is that what he's on? I don't even know. Yeah. Lou Dobbs is your other receiver, man. You guys are really not helping uh, Aaron Rodgers out this season. Here, you guys tell us how to feel about Equinemia St. Brown. I was just going to bring that up. EQ, yeah, Snake like turd. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I feel Tim about it. Tim down the toilet your way. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, if he couldn't make it in Green Bay, what, why should we believe that all of a sudden Luke Getze is going to figure out how to use him? So we're we're not high on uh, on our uh, wide receiver room. I don't know if I don't, they have him I listed as a number one on the left, or not a number one, but a starter on the left side, right? I think that's yeah. probably accurate. That's... Actually, I mean, Darnell Mooney. Uh, look, Bears fans will will tell you that Darnell Mooney is already a, a future Hall of Famer at this point. Uh, I'm not sure how many people know him outside of the NFC North, right? I mean. It's not great. It's not a great room, a wide receiver room on paper. You know, even Dante Pettis, are we are we banking on him, Bill? Is that like, <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's real rough in that wide receiver room. But, you know, like I said, week one, our, our, uh, we're pretty amped up that we're going 17 and 0. And if we're looking at <laughs> well, the outside, can... it's not, 
It's not great, guys. What? How do you guys feel? I know when Devontae Adams was traded, I think it was the opening day of March Madness. Dan and I were together having many hams, and uh, we were very excited about that news. Just we're sick of seeing him just whoop our ass. Did you guys, how'd you guys feel about that trade when it happened? And have, has your attitude changed since? Or where are you guys at as Packers fans with no Adams? That was a tough one to swallow. I mean, obviously, but, um, you know, that the fact that we retained uh, Aaron uh, for the for the future is uh, probably more important. Um, I didn't really like, I mean, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but I didn't really like their strategy I never liked their strategy when it comes to the draft, but um, we did get a person who they're pretty high on. So we'll see how that works out, but very young receiving core going into this. And I don't think that Sammy Watkins is a number one. So, you know, when they first made that, um, you know, transaction with him, I thought they were bringing him in as a kick return or a punt return. I didn't really think he'd actually see um, be in that room, but, I guess we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I think Adams is, you know, going back home has some meaning to him. He's in the later stage of his career. So no ill will, you know, from, from our side or from me. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you you, you never want to lose the top receiver in the league or one of the top receivers in the league. But I think that, I think the plus side, we, we hope, we don't know, but we hope is that, that it will force Rodgers to spread the ball around a little bit more because he does have, did have that tendency to look for Adams first and then look for Adams second and then look for Adams third. And... <laughs> <laughs> yep. but, um, but So that's that's the kind of plus side to it. But you never want to lose that guy. But I guess, you know, you, you got they got a first rounder and a second rounder for him, which they turned into a number of players including Christian Watson and we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that goes so it's a yes it was a negative but it it could it could turn out to be at least a push so not too upset you don't want to see your best receiver leave but when you start equating it to all the guys that Devondre Campbell were able to sign him with that money Rasul Douglas able to sign him with that money you go get Christian Watson who's going to make us mental for sure with all the drops right that's going to happen and I remember I was that guy saying Devontae Adams should go early in his career when he kept dropping balls. So I'll be saying the same thing probably about Christian Watson until he figures that out. Initially, the Devontae Adams thing was kind of crushing. But then when you start to look at it realistically, he wanted to go. And because he wanted to go, I think it's great the Packers got something for him because he could have just left or not signed yeah. the, you know, the, the tender and kind of just left the Packers hanging. So. You know, I just want to say something about the EQ St. Brown thing. He didn't do anything in Green Bay, but I think you have to be enamored by like the six five body and the real great speed. But he was under four or five. You think, man, this guy should be something at some point. And he's getting a second chance. Like, this is it, buddy. If you can't make it, your career is probably over. So I think, you know, at least you get EQ St. Brown on a on an uptick, hopefully. And you know what they always say, if you want to if you want to make it in the NFL as a wide receiver, you go to Chicago. Go to Chicago. <laughs> That's definitely where you go. And, and have a second-year quarterback throwing yeah. it to you. Yeah. Oh, buddy, if he's looking for a second chance, I love the Bears, but oof, that's a huge hill to climb. This probably was his only offer. It's he was like, good. yes, I'll take it. I'm still in the league. Thank you very much. I don't have to move far. I heard he's living in the, the uh, Mars Cheese Castle, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> can't leave. It's close enough to training camp. You know, other former Packers, Lucas Patrick is going to play center for the Bears. I think that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Can you can you educate us about him too? Like the uh, you you got some great notes that that you sent us before this episode. Thank you so much because I'm pretty dumb and I can't prepare for anything. But and I, this is not even in the notes, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. But no, that like oh, Bears fans are excited about him. He's got to be better than Sam Mustafer at center that the Bears had last year, but. Is, was he a guard in Green Bay? Like, what's what's the scoop? Should we be excited or should we be very skeptical? He can play. He's not going to be a complete revolving door. So I would say that there's something to that. I mean, he he's serviceable. He's not going to, yeah, he's not going to get run over after play after play. You got an upgrade. It's an upgrade for sure, yeah. I think. Yeah. And considering Fields was the most sacked player in the NFL, right? Can't hurt. Yes. Sacked quarterback and... So. But he did play guard in Green Bay. He did primarily. So he was like, like they all said, he's serviceable, and it's probably an upgrade. We'll take any upgrade we can get, especially on the offensive line. That was a disaster last year, Todd. As you alluded to, Fields was running for his life the second he got in there, and yeah, that wasn't. He didn't get a lot of help, but that was, uh, yeah, that that made the uh, the rookie year experience that we were hoping would be. A, a little better that that made it a little frightening that's that's sort of make it break it for this year right like we need fields to stay upright and show some improvement that all comes down to the offensive line even if our our wide receivers are absolute trash which both signs point to yes if he's still showing improvement he's getting the ball where he needs to that's that's what we're looking for so you know if patrick is uh serviceable and he's not going to be a liability because we had so many holes on the offensive line last year. I mean, not just last year. And the, and the scheme was trash. Yeah. Fields was not set up for success with uh, Matt Nagy. Yeah. So Agreed. Yeah, I don't, uh, maybe maybe we could talk about Luke Getze and what you guys think about him in particular with the, with the Bears. What, what should we expect? Peter, what are your thoughts on Luke Getze? Silence makes me nervous. <laughs> no, no it, no, it shouldn't. I, I, the, the silence, I think it's difficult to know how much of the success that the Packers have had, at least in the regular season over the last three years, is down to, to Getze, how much of it's down to Lafleur, how much of it's down to the Broncos head coach, whose name I shan't mention. What's the story uh, there? You got, you got beef with Hackett? <laughs> it's, it's 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 no i only wouldn't men- only didn't want to mention it because i couldn't remember his damn name oh okay um, <laughs> <laughs> can i just say something real quick i thought of this today and i hope i don't offend anyone a grown man going by nathaniel bothers me <laughs> doesn't he go by nathaniel hackett he does it's, he, he sounds does. he actually does. peter he, he kind of sounds like a like an old British friend of Charles Dickens or something. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. He's like a newsie. He's like selling newspapers on a street corner with his burglar hat. I it really bothers me, and I feel it like, sounds like it, sounds, he stinks sounds as a like, coach because of that. Sounds like a good British name. Yes. It does. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, you, I just wanted. I mean, to get uh, that I mean, I I got to be honest. I just think it's difficult to 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 judge, given that they were all together at the same time. I think it was difficult to judge on how much of the success that the Packers offense had was down to Getsy. How much of it's down to Lafleur? How much of it's down to Nate Hackett? I I just don't know. 
Darnell Mooney was in the news saying it's like night and day from last year. Can you guys explain what that means? Like, what, what's the difference between this year and last year? What is he talking about? I think a lot of it is maybe accountability related with Nagy. I think he kind of just lost control of the locker room. And, and Eberflus, by all accounts, is kind of a hard ass. And he's going to get on guys and not and limit mistakes as much as possible. And I think I did hear a little bit of that interview. And it seemed most of it to, was stemmed from... They know exactly what they should be doing at every moment in the off season on the field. They know exactly what's going on. And I think with Matt Nagy, it was a bit, he, I think it was unclear. a bit disorganized. It was unclear, yeah. disorganized. And you could just see it with bouncing around with quarterbacks and the Justin field shit, even going back to the, the kicking bullshit that we went through after Cody <laughs> Parkey. I mean, it was just, he was in over his head as a head coach. And that was pretty clear. We just, he just had s- success in his first year and we it it blinded all of us for for a while so I think and and Eberflus we could talk about him we we have potential concerns about him as well and his coaching style we legitimately have somebody who helped us set up a uh is it bears it's Eberflus red flags twitter account where I think it's just, at, at, I think it's at bears red flags at bears red flags you know like his he's, he's kind of cheesy, right? The hits policy hits. I don't, I don't yeah. even remember what it stands for, but it's know. really fucking like high school cheesy stuff. Sorry, swear jar. And so, you know, but I, I like that he's, he's it's just night and day in terms of like you went from Matt Nagy, the offensive guy who was flying by the seat of a seat of his pants, didn't know what he was doing to a defensive minded coach who's very regimented and he's going to give you, he's going to tell you exactly how it is and where you stand, whether that will work or not. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I guess time will tell. We, we just don't know. Just sort of like with the Getsy, everything's up in the air at this point. Maybe that's the style of coaching you need to kind of level set everything. I mean, it's just been year after year after year of just all this bullshit. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's the right coaching style to bring in to kind of level set it. It might not be a great year. It's like, like a set, set the true north. I think you're right. And it, it's just if it's cyclical, right? Like we'll have we had Lovey Smith <clears throat> and then we're like, OK, that was too much of that stiff defensive mentality. Let's go to Mark Tressman, clearly off offensive genius who didn't know, <laughs> didn't know how to actually manage men. Right. Like he was a horrible leader, you know, top man. level yeah. guy. Then we went to John Fox, who's like, oh, he's experienced, he's hard-nosed guy, and he's not giving you any spice either. Now we're Matt Nat, like it's cyclical. Right. Now we're in the defensive mind, and we're just hoping, hope to God, something finally sticks. <laughs> Please, Jesus, let something <laughs> stick. And I think not having a like a true offensive mind with Justin Fields was, I mean, they should have fired Nagy before last year, and we all knew it, everyone knew it. The McCaskies are idiots and wouldn't do it. So we just hope last year didn't completely ruin them. No, you're totally right. I think I think you answered the what what Mooney was talking about. Just the yeah, total total difference from last year. And for better or worse, I think the most important hire for Eberflus was Luke Edsey. Like that that was what we were most interested. Once we got the head coach, it's like okay, who is going to 
lead what we hope is is a second year player that is going to develop from whatever shit happened in his in his rookie year and hopefully that wasn't him we saw flashes we didn't see enough of them we saw a lot of mistakes that's the hope that's the that's the most important thing for this upcoming year i think is certainly can Eberflus manage the whole thing right what kind of game day coach is he going to be but that's even secondary to can luke getsy get the most out of justin fields Right, because if you're not going to hire an offensive-minded head coach, then you better have somebody because you just – not that you've put everything down the road for Justin Fields, but you did move up to get him, and he should be a great player. Like that dude, we oh. said it before, has all the physical yeah. skills to be great. You better have somebody that can not even fix him, but groom him to be a great quarterback in the NFL because it's such a big thing. Talking about Justin Fields, and I know I listen to your podcast, and you talked about Andy Dalton – now looking back at it, should Andy Dalton have started more games or less? I think for us to get where we are now, I'm glad it went the way it did, right? I, I think if you asked Matt Nagy today, and it probably would have been the same answer if you gave him truth serum going into last year. He probably won Andy Dalton starting all 17 games last year to try to save his job. So I'm relieved that Dalton that got happen. hurt in the middle of game number two, right? We as Bears fans were impatient. We wanted Fields starting game one at the Rams. That would have been probably a complete disaster. So I'm I'm glad to get his rookie year out of the way, though. So personally, but I, I get the question in retrospect. I don't know, Dan, if you feel differently or the same. There was no need to have Andy Dalton on that team at all. There was no point to it. I, I don't think maybe it didn't. I mean, what did we pay? What did we give up for Andy Dalton? I mean, we paid him way more than anyone else. We tried to get him the year before we could have signed him for like $2 million. We signed him for 10. Uh, there was, there was no, there was no need for him to be there. And that was a total panic signing by Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to try to save their jobs. And Andy Dalton did Andy Dalton things and he stunk. So it's, it was totally unnecessary. And I think, the NFL is just, it's not what it used to be. I think Bears fans last year were like, Fields should like have a red shirt year. He should sit out. That's not how the NFL works anymore. You got to throw these guys into the fire and let them pick up on the speed of the game and figure it out. So I think they did Justin Fields a total disservice last year by not starting him in the Rams game because the whole training camp, I'm basically saying the exact opposite of that Bill just said. We rarely actually disagree. We went the whole training camp with who's the who's the number one, and they just immediately like it's Andy Dalton. It's like okay, well now he's taking reps with the twos, and he's just sort of like playing scout team ball. That did that did no good for a team for for our future quarterback. So no, Andy Dalton, I think was by all accounts great guy, great looking hair, shitty quarterback. I mean, he's he's not is he not on a team now? He's not right. I don't think he is. No. Yeah, I think no, that no. tells you everything you need to know. He went from a 10, getting $10 million to not on a team. So why, why do we always have to be the suckers? <laughs> Ryan because Pace. Ryan and Pace. maybe now you don't, right? Now that Hopefully. Ryan Pace is gone. But they didn't do Justin Fields any – if you look at the draft, and this is Peter's thing, but if you look at the draft, he didn't get a whole lot of help. Like he was running for his life. They didn't pick offensive linemen until, what, the fifth or sixth round? They, they had picked, no picks in the first. Well, they first. had two second-round picks yeah. that they could have done something with. They picked geriatric Bellis Jones in the third round. So you didn't give him any weapons to throw to. 
Yeah. You didn't give him any stud offensive linemen to protect him. What makes it different in year two for, for Justin Fields? He's going to be running for his life, throwing the ball, praying someone's going to catch it. The only thing that's going to save him this year is like the scheme, which you guys alluded to earlier. Like, and, and maybe that's really the only outlet for him. We've talked about Justin Fields on our podcast. He's probably one of the most incredible athletes in the NFL. He could probably play professional baseball if he wanted to. He could probably do anything he wanted to. If I'm the Bears organization, I'm all in on Justin Fields. Every investment, every resource that I can pull, it's all going into this guy. And and we're going for it. Like all in, all the way. As a Packer fan, you know, I'm kind of hesitant to to watch his success. But I mean, the, the guy's talented. You know, you watch him on the field and it's almost like, you know, when he's running with the football, it, the game almost looks slower. He's just a special player, I, I think, at the end so, of the day. Todd, you just war- you just warmed up the cockles of my <laughs> cynical heart, Todd. Because we, because honestly, I don't know what we cockles feel- are, but I'll uh, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely, uh, Dan and I feel the same way, but we're like we're so. We're so afraid to get hurt. I think. I mean, right. we, you know, Dale. Dale knows if he's listening to the show. We had a segment that, that was Justin Fields. Fields of gold. gold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that that like after each game, we're like, uh, I mean, he showed flashes, but shit. Then after you know, you look at the box score after he had one touchdown right. pass and two picks, and it's like you try not to get too high about the the highs that you saw. So we're we're so guarded. So that felt really good to hear Todd. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just want to give you a hug right now. Opinion. I mean, I, I've, I've always, you know, watching him at, you know, in college and, and everywhere else. I mean, I was just like, wow. I mean, this guy could be a really special player in the NFL. And if I'm that organization, wherever, wherever the hell he lands, I'm going all in. He's, t- he's turned into Todd Doik's. I think <laughs> we will gladly accept you, Todd. <laughs> I Never. think uh, I think to go back to the draft, I I would safe to say, Bill, you and I were surprised they didn't take an offensive lineman with those for one of those two second round picks. Yeah, now at the time for sure. Yeah. Uh, this new front office group is very much set, signaling that we are in a rebuild mode, like we are not go right. not totally going for it right now and the scheme is obviously what we're hinging on do i know what the scheme is no does do any of us know what the scheme is going to be hopefully there's improvement there and that will be uh there'll be improvement on the offensive line as well depending on who we who slots into all of the i mean the offensive line also very shaky however you know it it it's we traded Khalil Mack for a couple you know we're getting money off the books and we're not overextending ourselves for who, who Jacksonville went insane with signing mediocre wide receivers for really no reason at all. I'm okay with, I'm okay with not doing that, but it's hard to see it as a football fan because the seasons are, there's a long off season and the seasons are short and it's hard to swallow that pill. But you know, if these, you hope these defensive guys is, you know, brisker and Gordon hit, and then we're like, great. Now we all we need to do, not this year, but the following year, is just starts filling in offensive spots. Defense is set because we have a defensive-minded coach. The offensive line piece is concerning. We tried to sign the, um, I'm blanking on his name, the guy from Buffalo who yeah. was the 
restricted free agent. We ponied up some cash for him and he ended up going the uh, Buffalo matched. Like that was probably a miss, but we didn't like then like Ryan pace immediately would have panicked and signed a 90 year old Orlando pace to play tackle and paid him $30 million. Like we're not doing that anymore, which I'm happy about. Uh, my cockles are also tingling. I don't know what Bill said from all of that. Justin Fields talk from a, from a Packers fan. So hubba 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 hubba. Indeed. We're really hinging it on the scheme. It all comes down to is has the scheme improved and are they setting Justin up for success based off of the potential horrible I mean, offensive roster that we have. Even if they got one guy to step up on the offense that could yep. take off some of the pressure, you know who that is you know, from him. I mean, just so, somebody to have a breakout. I'll tell you, you know? who that is or who Bears fans have convinced <clears throat> themselves that is it's Cole Komet. Cole Komet is the really? guy that Bears fans have said, this is this is make or break for you, buddy. Like we've waited long enough. Hmm. It was a second round pick. I don't I couldn't tell you if I see it or not. I'm not overly confident that it's going to happen, but he's got to be the guy that opens things up a little bit on offense in terms of skill guys. Well, they've given him the room, right? There's nobody yeah. behind him. Yeah, with the I shit, mean, so it's your job. Jimmy to, Graham is gone. wide open. Oh, sadly. Jimmy Graham. He's gone. Jesus Christ, Again. guys. Jimmy Graham. Thank you so much for him. He was a real treat to watch for. It took yeah. him. It took him about a good 45 seconds to fall to the ground on every oh tackle, which I appreciate it. And always backwards. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I looked down the all these draft picks right here. Which one of these guys is going to give Justin Fields either protection or give him someone? I mean, is Velas Jones like which guy do you like out of their draft that can give him a weapon or something this year? I like I like the defensive guys. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that so no one. Quite, Sorry, guys. Doesn't quite doesn't quite answer your question. But Bris, Brisker, I liked, and I think they'll like. I think they'll like. He's a a real rah rah safety, can play all over the field, four four speed guy. So I really, I, I thought Brisker was kind of borderline a first round pick, right? So I thought mm. he was in the bracket with uh, the Georgia safety Lewis Seen. I thought he was in that kind of bracket. So I thought he was a really nice pick. And and Washington had two corners, and I think I thought Kyler Gordon's a nice pick in the in the middle of the second round. So I think those are both nice players. You have to familiarize myself with the rest of the list that I don't have in front of me. If only we sent you know, the notes. I don't. You don't. You don't have a scouting report on Trenton Gill, the punter we took in the seventh, <laughs> the seventh round. round. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't I'm even stunned. get a link. Let's let's not talk punters right now. No. Wait, they well, gave yeah. us Pat O'Donnell, baby. Yeah, he's, right. not, he's he's not great, guys. He, he, I'm just going to say that. OK, he's very average, very handsome, very yeah. handsome man. Maybe not a great punter. Terrible hang time. I said this from preseason last year that our punt <laughs> coverage team was a concern. And it was. Oh, but, there's... but yeah, at two. Yeah, I know. Don't I'm, get I'm, us talking started to, on our... I'm talking to a group that's yeah. Uh, yeah. don't even get a special. Don't even get that. Issues. Sorry. Don't get too that. Soon. Yeah, Sorry, don't get, don't get me fired up on that one. <laughs> Can if, it he hold? Feel, if, if it makes you feel better, Bill and I ran through all of the scouting reports on all the Bears draft picks, and Trenton Gill's scouting report was basically like not a great punter. So <laughs> that's how I would sum it up, right? So, yeah, it was. How the fuck does that even happen? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, it might be like great at foosball, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Really nice guy. 
good locker room guy. Just because you guys mentioned it, I went and looked at my scouting report, and the thing that jumped off the page at me was one sentence that said, it would be a surprise if Gil gets drafted. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That seems <laughs> there you go. That's, That's a surprise. surprise. That, that was the one pick that we, to Chicago. we hated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, for sure. It was such a... And Peter, if you would have said Doug Kramer, the center out of Illinois, that uh, that you, you would have seen Bill's pants fly right off of his body because he would have he would have yes. bought a plane ticket to come over there and kiss you right on the mouth because he is, loves Doug Kramer so much, as you can see with the Illini flag behind him. That is true. That is true. Yeah, the um, it's funny, the fifth round Braxton Jones in in the off the OTAs, I should say. He's now projected potentially being the starting left tackle for the Bears. So a guy out of Whoa. Southern Utah, I know. That's kind of that says more about last year's offensive line draft picks than uh, yeah, Braxton apparently. Jones potentially. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah, not yeah. great, not great. We'll, we'll make sure we line someone it, up over there. It, it, it was a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's in your scouting report. It is, may yeah. have a shot in like the G League, but won't be an offensive tackle in the NFL. No, I thought I thought Braxton Jones was a pretty good player. So I think in the in the mid rounds, I think that's that was about right. Yeah, I think he's got some potential. Southern Utah. Southern Utah. So, so he played in the SEC against high level talent. He should be great. Anything else about the draft, Peter? This is definitely your thing because I don't know any of these dudes. If the Bears are in rebuilding mode, then no, no one tanks games. And like when I was listening to your podcast, if they're going all out in OTAs, they need to find a spot on the roster. So these guys are going to be playing for their lives, a lot of them, because they're young guys with a new coaching staff. So do the Bears do are they better than last year? They're not a better team, I don't think, talent wise, but are they going to be better this year because of the coaching change, the change and just here's how we do things? What are your thoughts on that? Will the Bears be better this year or worse? I think it can't be worse. <laughs> I <laughs> I it's I really it's really hard to answer. I mean, and it's June, I've right? No, I've, it's June. I have no idea. I have no clue. I'd like to think they're going to be better, but I mean, they've built this roster for it, we're in rebuilding mode, right? And you just, if you hope these guys pop and what, where did we even land with wins last year? We we're at five. I should know this. Um, <laughs> I hope it's a bears podcast. They should know their record. It's hard to know either way. That was like my long non-answer. I have no idea. Vegas says over under six and a half wins. And then obviously I put some money on that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> on which but, side of that bill? Oh, way over, but, but I'm, but I'm an idiot, but here, here's the thing though, all the pre preseason lines for all 17 games are on DraftKings. I'm sure there'll be a sponsor soon for, for average cheese. The bears are favored in two games out of the 17, two games as of, as of today. And that's weird. Like preseason lines, what do they mean? But I think that's pretty telling and they're a pick them at, at Atlanta. So get in now while you can guys. If I was a betting man, I don't think I bet on the Bears in any of them. They play the Jets maybe this year. They do, and they're they do. they're dogs. They're dogs on the road. <laughs> <They are. laughs> I think right out the gate they're playing San Francisco and then us. That's yeah, we, true. Yes. Bill and I both have them winning that game, so no big deal. 
both games yeah two and oh yeah. no no one and one one and one we'll we'll upset uh the niners because they're living high on the hog after beating the pack <laughs> i feel like they're gonna get your hopes up the bears are gonna come out they look really good in the preseason fields will throw for stupid yards in the first half of every game and then reality will set in i yeah I that's that i don't that want usually that sounds happen. about right what's uh where do you guys have the packers have you guys gone through that yet or is that to be determined no peter and i went over it last week peter is the pessimist in this group he says 12 and 5 Ooh, yeah i would hammer the over on that the nfc north is always soggy that's that should yeah. be it yeah, right that should be six right there what is there bill bill you're the gambling expert what's the over under for the packers do you know I'm not sure we should give Rick Fieldsman a call. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm unsure. I bet 12, 12 and a half. I'll sounds, look it up. Right. Right. Doesn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 12 and a half. I mean, Packers are total. I mean, they shouldn't be an unknown, but they're probably more. Not that they're shaky at all. I think they're, they're a top six uh, to win the title, but they're shakier probably in Vegas than they've been in a while. Thanks to the Adams yeah. trade. Right. I had them at 13 wins, but I, I can't. There are games where you look at the schedule and go, ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they'll get the 13 wins. But ask me in September and I'll say 17 and 0, at least for a week or two. <laughs> I think it's Super Bowl all the way, just like I said the last two previous seasons. But I mean, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, over center, I mean, you, you, you can say that. It's pretty easy to say that. But I, I mean, I honestly feel like, he should have been in at least five Super Bowl appearances already. And we and he's had one. And there's been things along the way that have transpired that you know didn't allow that. I mean, I think this this year, I think there's a lot more he's cleaned up the animosity with the front office, hopefully. I think that's in a better state than it was two years ago. That's for sure. Do you have any concerns so, that he's dating a witch? Um, I'm, I'm more concerned about if he's eating clay. So <laughs> is that is part that, of the um, witch regimen? I, clay I don't know. What kind of it sounds about right. It sounds, have? yeah, it sounds kind of weird. Maybe there's a whole Wicca thing going on with eating clay. I don't know. What is that? Is in that where you just give yourself explosive diarrhea? Was that the <laughs> diet he was on? Yeah. There was some kind of cleanse, right? With that witch. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I need more Twitter on that. I'm, I'm really shocked that that hasn't really kind of moved to the forefront of Aaron Rodgers talk. Cause there's nothing else to talk I, about. I think he's at that point though, where he's, it's just Aaron Rodgers doing weird stuff that everyone just went. Yeah. Okay. That seems about right. Yeah. And it's he not still re- plays well. So, and he's an MVP. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, exactly. Eat as much fucking clay <laughs> as you want. And, uh, and date as many wor- witches as you want and worship Satan. I don't give a fuck. Just, just <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. But what's he going to hang it. his hat yeah. on? Like, he always has this external motivation. Like, he hated the front right. office. For years, it was, you didn't draft me. 25 teams or whatever didn't draft me. Fuck you all, to all those. But now what? Yeah, Jeopardy said he couldn't have the job, so now he's going to use that. I mean, you said, Todd, in all, in all sincerity, I mean, I... It, as Bears fans, we're we are shocked that he's only made one Super Bowl as a Green yeah. Bay Packer. I mean, it... Are you guys still of the mentality of Super Bowl or bust every year? Right. Yes. I mean, that's yep. it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes- no question. Every year. I think the same thing, especially in the last 
you know, several years, especially with LaFleur. I, I really think their their development together as player and coach is pretty solid at this point. And they've completely reorganized the entire organization around him, as they should. It's Super Bowl or bust. But then what? We got three years of this, and then we're going. Then we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> Then we're going welcome back. To we're go back to- <laughs> yeah. welcome, to, welcome to Chicago. Right. We'll just have combined podcasts where we are all dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lions are Super Bowl winners. Yeah. Oh, we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. We can always, we always know it could be worse. We could be Lions fans. Yeah. We're good. We're good to go. What else should we talk about before we go? Uh, I got a non football related question for Peter, more of a comment. Peter, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Bill and myself have adopted an EPL team and we sort of took the temperature of some of our listeners and said, all right, we're going to throw our hat into the EPL game and we're going to figure out a team. We got to, we don't want to like, we don't want to be a Manchester city fan. We don't want to be like Liverpool. We don't, we don't want to be front runners. Right. We're like, okay, who is the bears equivalent of the EPL? And so we're like, we're just throwing all of our eggs into that basket. And we were told Everton is the bear Chicago bears of the EPL. And Peter, I'm not kidding you. I went all in. I watched almost every game. I was totally locked in. Holy fuck. Are they the Chicago bears? Like we picked the team and I don't know why we, and I can't, I can't, we can't back out at this point. We're all in. Was that pretty accurate? So Everton would have won their last championship. Probably in 85 or 86, even before the Premier League existed. So sounds just like the Bears. And before that, I guess in the 60s, the Everton were won a few trophies. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good. It was like really, really good analogy. Everyone kind of hates the ownership. They have a lot of trouble scoring. I'm like, holy shit, this is the Chicago Bears. (laughs) And their rival, you know, their their closest rivals, Liverpool, they're dominating. That's the Packers. Like. We picked the Bears. Like it's ruined us. And I was like, I don't know why I did this to myself. I just picked up another trash team, <laughs> but I can't. I can't back out now, right? No, I, it's a it's a really good analogy. It's a really well supported team. So they sell they sell out every week. They are one of the oldest teams, so they go well back into the nineteenth century. Like so, yeah, that's not that's not a bad. If you if you're not going to go for one of the top two, I'm a Chelsea fan, right? So okay, if you're not going to go you're, for one, you're of a front the, runner. One of the top, you're a front runner. You of, can't <laughs> say that. You're not American. You can say that to an American because we don't have any. We didn't grow up with like we grew up Bears fans. It was in my house. If I if I wasn't a Bears fan, I had to get out. So like you don't have that. You know, in the we don't have any of the allegiances yeah. here in America. But I will say, Bill. Uh, myself, Rick Fieldsman, we watched the last home game, Everton's last home game to pull them out themselves out of uh, relegation. It was maybe the most electric game that I've watched yeah. this entire year. It was magical. It was absolutely yeah. magical. I think if they had gone, if they were relegated, I was trying to talk Dan Doinks into uh, joining me in the Bundesliga. We were going to find, we were going to find a German team, <laughs> which we would have probably called on some of your friends uh, in Wisconsin, as you know, there's a lot of German Americans <laughs> there. That's right. Give us the Bears equivalent of the. I'm just going to keep finding those like bottom you, half you, teams, and it just you, until I just die. You got a great choice. You got a great choice with Everton. You're going to get the same kind of run that you get with the Bears. So you'll be used to it. 
God damn it. Well, I'm in it now. There's, no There's only one way to go, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. There's a high ceiling in there somewhere. That's what I needed. That's what I needed to hear, Peter. I appreciate it. I was hoping you'd say, Peter, that they are like on the uptick because these guys, you know, White Sox fans, Cubs fans, Illini fans, Dan's a big Minnesota guy. There's they need some positivity in their life. And you did not provide it for them with your errors. <laughs> so I feel better. You know what? I it's there's a thing. I told somebody today I was going on a Packers podcast. And they're like, oh, they're going to they're going to fucking roast you. I was like, nah. no, no, I'm already dead. You can't hurt me anymore that I've already hurt myself. Like kicking a zombie. I'm, de- I'm dead inside. And I know you guys and you guys are great, but you, you can't hurt me more than I've already hurt myself. So. It is what it is. Like, let's just keep picking up trash teams in every league. Let's do it. I don't care. <laughs> it's got to uh, pay off before we're dead, Dan. I think that's that's I the whole so. key. The celebration will be just absolutely oh, worth it. It will be so great. And we'll come on this podcast to talk about it. Absolutely. Well, if the Bears ever win a Super Bowl, we will have you on for sure. All of this stuff's cyclical, isn't it? It's all cyclical. Unless you're a Lions fan. Right. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Exactly. We could always lean on that. Thanks for listening to episode 87 with our friends from Zero Doinks. Go back, go. Go back, go. Go back, go. Bears. Bears. <laughs> <laughs>